Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we're going to be breaking down week 14 of the NFL action this weekend. So we're kind of changing up how we're doing NFL coverage here on the podcast. With college football winding down, I now am able to produce two NFL episodes a week. So what we're going to be doing is this is going to be the season-long fantasy football episode that comes out on Thursdays. It's still going to be a preview. It's still going to be buy-sell like we've always done. But this one's going to be with a focus on season-long fantasy that you play week by week. If you are more of a DFS player, um, we're going to be doing a DFS preview specifically tomorrow. You know, If you're playing on FanDuel or DraftKings, we're going to talk about some stacks, some values, um, some the studs you want to get into your lineup on in daily fantasy. We're going to do that on tomorrow's episode. So you know, if, you're, if you play both like I do, you know, listen to both podcasts. If you're a just a daily fantasy person, you can still get some stuff out of this podcast because I'm still going to go over some guys that I like and don't like for this week. And as always, if you are interested in my full DFS lineups, you know, we're going to do the preview tomorrow. If you want to see how I put all that together and put it into a lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you want some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to during the episode, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll also be more than happy to answer any and all lineup questions that you may have. All right, so let's go ahead and start talking week 14. So like I said, the format, as always, guys, we're going to be doing buy or sell. So guys that I like this week, I'm going to put on the buy list. Guys that I don't like for this week, I'm going to be putting on the sell list. So let's go ahead and dive in. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. Before we jump into the buy-sell portion of the podcast, I do want to go out of my way to mention one thing for you season-long fantasy players, which is most of you out there. So we're approaching the fantasy playoffs. Heck, some leagues have even started their fantasy playoffs this week. So one thing that's going to be super important is your own roster construction during the playoffs. So what I mean by that is that fifth running back and fifth receiver that you've been waiting on all year probably isn't going to pan out. So what it would generally benefit you to do is to start looking into handcuffs. So a handcuff is a backup running back for you know, one of your starting running backs, that if the starter goes down, the handcuff is going to take over almost or all of the workload that the starter had. So basically what you're doing is you're guaranteeing that you're getting production from your starter if he goes down for injury. So I think there are six handcuffs that are must-own. And honestly, if you are if you start playing chess, not checkers, you could pick up a handcuff of one of your opponent's running backs. But I think that these are the six handcuffs that you need to own. For Jonathan Taylor, the handcuff is Deion Jackson. We've seen it before this season. For Christian McCaffrey, the handcuff is going to be Tyrion Davis-Price because of the injury to Elijah Mitchell. For Alvin Kamara, the handcuff is going to be Mark Ingram. And in fact, Mark Ingram's kind of eaten into his workload already. For Minnesota, the two that look so much alike, I can't tell them apart when they score. Dalvin Cook, his handcuff is Alexander Madison. Seriously, y'all, they do look a lot alike. They got dreads coming out the helmet, and they both wear single-digit numbers, and they both run really hard. So sometimes when Madison scores, I think it's Cook. Sometimes when Cook scores, I think it's Madison. My bad. Uh, For Joe Mixon, the handcuff is Samaj P. Run. And then for Austin Eckhart, the handcuff is Joshua Kelly. And for Derrick Henry, this is the one that is really interesting to me. The handcuff should be Dontrell Hilliard. Now, obviously, I didn't mention all the backup running backs in the league because some of them aren't even going to be valuable as handcuffs. And then some of them, the handcuffs are already on the roster. Like, I can't come in here and say the handcuff for Ezekiel Elliott is Tony Pollard because, like, they're both starters. Like, they're both on 
your roster already. So those are six guys that you can pick up if you want to increase your chances of winning in this playoffs. All right, now let's start talking quarterbacks. So for the quarterback position this week, I have three that I'm going to put on the buy list. And again, normally in this podcast, I try to avoid the obvious plays, but I always like to mention if there's cause for concern on the obvious play, I always want to go out of my way to either um, quell that concern or, you know, be actually concerned. So the quarterback this week, one of the top-ranked guys that I really like this week is Justin Herbert. He's going to be the first quarterback on the buy list. So Brock Purdy just put up 15 fantasy points against Miami in like three and a half quarters. And Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. Brock Purdy has no pedigree unlike Justin Herbert, who is probably the most talented quarterback in the league, um, you know, pound for pound. And when you look at Miami's defense as a whole, they're 30th against quarterbacks, and they're pretty good against the run. So if you're going to you know, score on Miami, which you're going to have to if you want to win this game because Miami's offense is going to put up some points, you're going to have to do it by going through the air. Justin Herbert also very quietly has three straight games over 20 fantasy points, and he has 94 combined attempts in his last two games with no interceptions. He's taking care of the football. He's being very efficient. He hasn't had that monster week yet, and I think this week could be the monster week. Sunday night football, playoff hopes on the line. You know, very suspect Miami secondary. I think this could be Justin Herbert's big-time week. Second quarterback on the bio list is Jared Goff. So Jared Goff is a very interesting case study in home versus road splits. Jared Goff currently averages 23 fantasy points per game at home. On the road, about 13. I don't know why there is such a difference in the home and row performances for Jared Goff. Maybe he likes sleeping in his own bed. Maybe he likes playing indoors. I don't know. But 23 fantasy points a game at home, that would be a top five quarterback on the season if you you could extrapolate that for a whole season of home games. Now, what we really like is, yes, he's at home this week. And Minnesota is 27th in the league against quarterbacks. If you look at Minnesota's last four games, they have given up 22.5, 26.3, 20.6, and 25.6 fantasy points to quarterbacks in the last four weeks. That's an average of about 23. And honestly, the quarterback list is not that impressive. That list that I just read, those four performances, that was Mike White, Mac Jones, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. Okay, Dak and Josh Allen are pretty good, but Mike White and Mac Jones put up 22 and 26 on them. So if Mac Jones and Mike White can do it, Jared Goff can certainly do it, and I'm buying Jared Goff this week. The last quarterback on the buy list is going to be Tyler Huntley. So I was talking to one of my friends about this. It's amazing how much Tyler Huntley, like his mannerisms, his running style, his throwing motion, how much he looks like Lamar Jackson. Like it's kind of uncanny how the starter and the backup looks so much alike, kind of like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. But I think he's kind of like Lamar Jackson light in fantasy as well because Lamar Jackson has not been having like this super productive, super good season. And I think Tyler Huntley can come in and give you about probably 80 to 90% of that production, in all honesty. He had 16.6 and three quarters against Denver last week. And Denver is one of the toughest defenses in the league against quarterbacks. In his five starts last season, he had one start where he had a ceiling of 35 fantasy points. And he also had one start where he had 15 fantasy points. The other were in the like low teens, like 11 to 13. Now, obviously, 11 to 13 wouldn't be a great week, but he's playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh secondary is banged up. I think Tyler Huntley has some legitimate rushing upside as well. So Tyler Huntley is going to be on the buy list this week. Now, there are three others receiving votes this week. Just going to be kind of quick um, 
facts for all of them. Trevor Lawrence against Tennessee, who is quickly turning into one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Kyler Murray against New England, where Belichick struggles to defend quarterbacks that can run. And then Kirk Cousins against the Lions. You know, that game could turn into a shootout. If I like Jared Goff, I'm probably going to like Kirk Cousins as well. Now let's go to the sell list, and I have two of them. The first quarterback on the sell list is Dak Prescott. Look, Dak has been very efficient all season. The fantasy numbers haven't been super great, but he's being a super good real-life quarterback right now. And I think that's going to be the case this week. Dallas is not going to need to throw the ball to beat Houston this week. They're just going to be able to run Zeke and Tony Pollard until the cows come home, and they're going to be able to just run up that score. And like the Dolphins did, they're probably going to have the backups in at halftime. So... I just don't think there's a whole lot of upside for Dak Prescott this week. If you were to play him, you would probably be hoping for a rushing touchdown. If you have Dak as your starter in a league, I would probably be looking at the waiver wire to see if I could get Jared Goff or maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe Tyler Huntley. But I just don't think there's a whole lot of upside in Dak Prescott this week. And if you need more evidence of that, he hasn't topped 300 passing yards in a game all season long. And I don't think that he will do it this week against the league's softest run defense. Second quarterback on the sell list is Tom Brady. So obviously the the fourth quarter out of Tampa Monday night was incredible. It saved the Bucks' season. It saved Tom's fantasy night. But he is going to find his place on my sell list this week. So... San Francisco's defense is the truth. Tua Tagovailoa just had 16 fantasy points against San Francisco, and seven of those came on one play. So over the last 59 minutes of that game, he had nine fantasy points. And that was the best fantasy performance by a quarterback against San Francisco since Kansas City in Week 7 and Patrick Mahomes. So to translate... San Francisco's defense hasn't given up over 16 fantasy points to a quarterback since week seven. So I am just not on Tom Brady. It's hard to get excited about uh, any quarterback against the San Francisco defense. And so for that reason, Tom Brady finds his way on my sell list. All right, let's now transition on over to talk about some running backs. For the running back position this week, like I said about the quarterbacks, I try to stay away from talking about the obvious plays on here, but there is one that I want to highlight. So the first running back on my buy list is Christian McCaffrey. So I don't care that Tampa is perceived as a quote-unquote bad matchup for running backs. I don't think they actually are. And I think that Christian McCaffrey's usage is going to make him a league winner based off of what he's done recently, all right? He is my number one running back for this week, just looking at the usage trends. The fantasy scoring has not been outstanding since he's been in San Francisco, but listen to this usage. This is without Elijah Mitchell in the lineup. Austin Eckler has been one of the most used running backs all year long consistently, right? And McCaffrey, when Elijah Mitchell is out of the lineup, has better usage than Eckler in pretty much every category. More routes, more carries, more targets, more of a snap share, more of a target share, more of an opportunity share. Like he is the absolute workhorse running back when Elijah Mitchell is out. And so I am trusting that over the course of a whole game in the last five weeks, that if Elijah Mitchell stays out, Christian McCaffrey will end as the number one running back for the last five weeks and possibly for the season because they're going to keep feeding this man the ball. You know, there's a backup quarterback now. You know what really helps the backup quarterback? Checking it down to Christian McCaffrey and letting him make a few guys miss to get yards. So I think that Christian McCaffrey is on the buy list this week. 
no panic on Christian McCaffrey. His usage is elite. The fantasy points will come these last five weeks of the season. Now, the second running back, I'm going to actually a pair of running backs on the buy list, is going to be Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So, mentioned earlier during the DAC segment that Houston is the worst in the league against the run, and it's by quite a, a wide margin. So, Pollard's last three games, 24 points, 8 points, 39 points. Zeke's last three games, 18 points, 16 points, 17 points. So combined, that's 42, 24, 56 fantasy points between those two backs. So what I'm saying is, basically both of these guys are week-in, week-out starters. If you were to have both of them in a lineup, it would be worth your while to start both of them at this point. Because listen to those totals. Like, they've combined for at least 24 in every game since Zeke came back from injury. And really, those three run defenses, the Colts, Giants, and Vikings, are a lot better run defenses than Houston. And they're pretty much better than the teams that Dallas is going to see down the stretch of the season. So I really like both those guys this week. Like I said, if you have both of them in your lineup, I'm playing both of them. Last one on the bio list is DeAndre Swift. So... Unfortunately, DeAndre Swift is back on the injury report again. He is limited in practice, but I do anticipate that he will play. So last week, all the hope was predicated on the fact that he was finally healthy. He was off the injury report. And last week, he led his backfield in snap share and opportunities for the first time since week one. And it was his first performance over 16 fantasy points since week one, which is when his ankle injury started. He hurt his ankle in that game. Now, Minnesota also struggles against receiving running backs. You know, Tony Pollard two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, that I just mentioned when he had 39 fantasy points, yeah, most of that was done receiving the ball. So DeAndre Swift, I think his play style fits very well for this matchup against the Vikings, and I think that he's he's back. I really do. Now, the one thing that concerns me is the fact that he's back on the injury report, but let's see throughout the week if, you know, he's back to a full participant in practice. I really do think DeAndre Swift is a great play this week. Now, for the others receiving votes, I want to talk about two of them for very quick reasons. Ramondre Stevenson is seeing an absolute elite level usage with uh, Damian Harris out of the lineup, and he absolutely should be in your lineups. Deontay Foreman of the Panthers has a great matchup this week against Seattle. It is very easy to run on Seattle, and with Sam Darnold as their quarterback, I anticipate the Carolina Panthers are going to run the ball quite a bit. Now let's talk about two running backs on the sell list. The first one is Saquon Barkley. So I really do not like the matchup against Philly. That front seven for Philly is tough. They're very stout against the run. And with Saquon, this is kind of a trend that has started in week two. His yards per carry average on the season has gone down since week one. Week one, he was outstanding against the Titans, and just kind of gradually, his yards per carry on the season just kind of drops a little bit every week. And, you know, I think it's the wear and tear on him. He hasn't played a full season in a long time. And I think that, you know, the grind of a 17-game season is starting to wear itself on Saquon a little bit. So bad matchup, and I think he's just getting a little bit banged up and a little bit, you know, overworked uh, selling Saquon this week. Second running back on the sell list is going to be Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we now have ourselves a true committee in Tampa because Leonard Fournette and Rashad White were both you know, used quite a bit. Leonard Fournette had 20 touches and Rashad White had 15 touches on Monday night. But what's important to know is that when it was two-minute drill time near the end of that game, it was Rashad White that was in the game, not Leonard Fournette. So this is absolutely a true committee. And in fact, I might even lean Rashad White over 
Leonard Fournette. But I don't like either of them this week, specifically Leonard Fournette, because San Francisco's run defense is really, really stout. Like I mentioned earlier, that's one of the best defenses in the league overall. And so we're talking about a guy that is now in a committee and is up against a very good run defense. Yeah, total sell on Leonard Fournette this week. All right, let's now switch it on over and talk about some wide receivers. But first, a quick breather. For the wide receiver position, first guy I want to talk about is Amon Ra St. Brown. He is on the buy list this week. He has 30 fantasy points in back-to-back games. He's been absolutely incredible when he's been healthy, and he has a great matchup against Minnesota who struggles against outside wide receivers. And I think that it's going to be a shame when you look at the end-of-year rankings that Amon Ra is probably not going to end up as a top-five receiver, but I think when he's been healthy, he has played like a top-five wide receiver. And you know, he's been great all season. If you've gotten to the playoffs with him, you've got to be really salivating about this matchup and this opportunity to deploy Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, speaking of Amon Ross St. Brown, he was very much a league winner last year with the fantasy performances that he had down the stretch of last season and in the playoffs in fantasy football last season. He could have won you your league if you had Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think this year, there's a rookie like Amon Ra was last year that is going to be the league winner if you have him on your roster, and that is Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is on my buy list this week. He has back-to-back games over 25 fantasy points with Mike White as the starting quarterback. Pretty much all that it took for Garrett Wilson to be an elite fantasy wide receiver was for the Jets to bench Zach Wilson, which is insane, but hey, that's how it worked out. So if you look at games where Zach Wilson does not play, Garrett Wilson has been pretty much a top 10 receiver week in and week out from those performances. So I expect that to continue. If you have him on your roster, he needs to be in your lineup. And also, I kind of like the matchup. Wide receiver ones have been really good against Buffalo recently. Talking about Amon Ross St. Brown on Thanksgiving Day. Talking about Amari Cooper. Talking about Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver ones have you know, kind of cooked the bills a little bit. So I think that this is a great spot for Garrett Wilson. And I think that this is a great spot, you know, heading into the last quarter of the season for Garrett Wilson to be on your roster and in your lineups. Now, a few quick hitters for... Um, the wide receiver position, two more that are going to find their way on my buy list. First one is Christian Kirk. He has over 19 fantasy points in three of his last four games, and Tennessee really struggles to defend the slot position, which is where Christian Kirk lines up at, and he's kind of becoming Trevor Lawrence's security blanket. He's the guy that Lawrence looks to more than anybody else, so Christian Kirk is on my buy list this week. Last one on the buy list is Devontae Smith, who saw an immediate jump in target share when Dallas Goddard got injured, and I mean... Devontae Smith with a great target share is just a really good fantasy option because he's really consistent in catching the football. He's pretty good after the catch, and he has a nose for the end zone. So Devontae Smith with that increased target share is on my buy list this week. Now I do have two for the sell list. The first one is Mike Evans, who I've been talking about in the preseason, in the regular season, just kind of the entire last year. Mike Evans is a touchdown-dependent player, and he has not scored a touchdown since week four. And he's going up against San Francisco, who doesn't allow anybody to score touchdowns. So selling Mike Evans this week. Last one on the sell list is going to be Debo Samuel. So for Debo Samuel, it's almost been a tale of two seasons. Since Christian McCaffrey has arrived in San Francisco, Debo Samuel has not had anywhere near the workload that he had previously. A lot of those short like dump-off type targets and screens are now going to McCaffrey. They're not going to Debo. And so since Christian McCaffrey arrived, he's only been over 12 fantasy points once 
in five games. You probably drafted Debo Samuel in the second round of your fantasy drafts this this past offseason, and he's given you one performance over 12 points in the last five games. That's, like, not good. I think you can safely bench Debo Samuel this week until we start to see some signs of life that Debo Samuel can be a week-in, week-out starter. All right, now let's close this out by talking about tight ends and then some defenses. So for the tight end position, Mark Andrews is on the buy list this week. Yes, you were starting him no matter what, I know, but I just wanted to point out that he averaged 22 fantasy points per game in Tyler Huntley's five starts last season. Tyler Huntley knows he can get the ball to Mark Andrews whenever he wants to, and he does. So I think that there's a little bit of chemistry between the two of them. I think that this should be an increase in Andrews' production, and he might finish the week as tight end one. Second tight end on the buy list is Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who has been one of Pittsburgh's most effective receiving options since Kenny Pickett came back into the lineup. And tight end can be a little bit of a funnel against Baltimore. We just saw that Greg Dulcich have a nice little game against them. Baltimore's corners and safeties are so good that, you know, kind of throwing over the middle of the field and targeting those tight ends is a really solid move. So I think Pat Fryermuth is in line for a good week this week. Look, the tight end position, it's so thin right now, especially with all the injuries going on. You know, um, we got David Njoku might not play. We know Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz aren't playing. Like, it's rough out there at the tight end position. So I'm not really going to put anybody on the sell list. But I do have a dart throw. What I mean by a dart throw is this is a guy that is most certainly available in your leagues that I think could be in line for a good performance this week. And that dart throw is Trey McBride of the Arizona Cardinals. So... You know, he gets the matchup against the Patriots, which is just okay against tight ends. But knowing Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick wants to take away what your offense does well. So I see them trying to take away Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins over the top, that it's going to allow Trey McBride to get some of those short intermediate catches. And plus, Trey McBride's a rookie coming off of a bye week. Rookies often get a bye week bump. And I think that this could be Trey McBride's bye week bump. I think that this could be a good week out of the rookie. All right, now for defenses. I'm not here to talk about defenses that are already in your lineup or already on your roster. But I want to talk about three that may be available in your league that I would be willing to stream if they were available. And that is Kansas City's defense against Denver, Las Vegas' defense playing Thursday night against the Los Angeles Rams, and then Baltimore's defense against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The two defenses that if you've been rocking with all year long, I'm probably sending to my bench or I'm probably trying to replace them would be Cincinnati and Tennessee. Those two would be the two that I would be trying to get out of my lineup. All right, so that does it for this week's Week 14 preview, buy or sell. Now, like I said, this is tailored for season-long fantasy. So hopefully that this podcast and all these buy or sells is going to help you build your lineup in a way that will either help you get into the fantasy playoffs, help you advance in the fantasy playoffs, or help you avoid the last place game. But I'm here to help, and hopefully all those buy or sells will help you construct your lineup this week. If you are more of a DFS person and you made it this far in the podcast, thank you. And tomorrow's episode will be an NFL DFS preview for week 14, going over some stacks, some values, some studs, some guys that we want to get into our FanDuel and DraftKings lineups this week. All right. As always, if you want my full DFS lineups and more articles, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you want some extra stats and facts, have any start sick questions, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions you may have on there. 
All right, that does it for the pod, guys. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.